Hey, welcome to the Pass Control Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan, and I got Mike here with me. And I'm fucking tired. And I got Dom. Howdy. And in this week's episode, this is a special bonus episode, episode 77, we have a guest for you. Our guest this week is Robbie Benson from Super Soul Brothers. Um, if you're unaware of who the Super Soul Brothers are, you definitely need to check them out. You can find them at SuperSoulBrothers.com or SuperSoulBros.com or on social media at SuperSoulBros. They'll be performing this upcoming weekend at South by Southwest and they'll be headlining at PAX East 2018 with many other shows to come after that. Uh, check them out on social media or their website to get future dates. Um, but really swell having, you know, really great time having him on here. We've been, you know, trying to schedule this for a long time now. It's been a long time coming, and we finally were able to lock down a, a slither of time in Robbie's busy schedule, you know, with with touring and, you know, everything else that he does on the side, and, and it's it was a you know, amazing conversation. Um, as always, you can find us on the internet at PassTheController.io, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PassController, on it, or on Instagram or Twitter at PassController. And this week's episode of the podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night, make sure to head on down to Higginson Square and get yourself a delicious fatty. And if you're unaware of what a fatty is, you can check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty. And when you do check them out and head down there and get yourself one of these tasty, tasty treats, let them know the past the controller sent you. And a few other quick housekeeping things before we get on to the episode. Um... Every third Wednesday of the month at BitBar in Salem, we host Jackbox Party Night. If you can't make it to BitBar to hang out with us and play some Jackbox and drink some delicious beer, don't worry. You can head on to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash passcontroller and play along with us or join the chat and hang out. It's always a good time. It's always pretty crazy. And the answers get far more ridiculous than they should for being plastered around a public setting. You're, you seem like you're falling apart there. Um, I was thought it looked like you were about to say something, so I was, oh, no. I was pausing my flow to let you go. Yeah, you keep you keep doing it. Okay, <laughs> I'll keep doing it. And more more announcements. Um, if you are a fan of the show, if you're one of our fans, make sure to listen to last episode, episode seventy six. At the end, we announce our giveaway. Um, if you are aware, stay tuned. It'll be on social media soon. If not, go back to last week's episode, make sure you listen to the end, and hear what the giveaway is. And, because we're not done, Mike, there's so many housekeeping things, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it's a long intro. I don't like doing long intros, but I gotta do it, Mike, I gotta do it. So, if you're gonna be at PAX East 2018 this year, you should probably clear your Thursday night schedule. Thursday, April 5th, from 7 to 10, we will be hosting, arguably... One of the best Paxis after parties that you have available to you will be it's us. It's definitely something you can argue. Uh, I want to see your argument. Bring me the, show me the stats. Give me okay. your clipboard. Uh, you can look for that. More details to be officially announced in this upcoming week. But here's your little tease. Here's your little taste. April fifth, Thursday night. Keep it clear. It's gonna be a good time. And enjoy this week's episode, this bonus episode with Robbie Benson from the Super Soul Bros, episode 77.
Control podcast tonight. We have a special guest. Uh, we've been touching back and forth, playing phone tag, playing email tag for quite a while, and uh, we finally have locked in one of our favorite bands, um, Robbie from the Super Soul yes. Bros. <laughs> the band Robbie. Yes, the, the band. band Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty underground. You've probably never heard of them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, Robbie, if you want a quick intro for yourself, if you want to let people know who you are, what you represent. Sure. Sure. My name is Robbie Benson. I'm a musician, a keyboard player. And about six years ago, I started a band called Super Soul Bros. And um, I was hoping to get more members of the band in here, but uh, it's... Uh, it's currently working where it's just <laughs> me for now, and maybe we can get a, a follow-up podcast going and get get a few more bodies in the room here. I, I feel like something at PAX might go down. Yeah, I think that's very, very likely. Uh, we have a couple of different things going on each night where in our hotel room we already have some people that are going to come over and be on some episodes mm-hmm. that are probably going to go off the rails. So <laughs> any of you guys are, are more than welcome. We're going to have too much beer, and it's going to be it's going to be a good time. Perfect. Yeah, we're down. Um, but d- digging a little bit further into into your backstory, Robbie, I've mm. seen that you're you're a little bit got a lot more going on actually than just the Super Soul Bros. I don't know if that's other stuff you're still working on or you still want to talk about, or if you want to just mm. focus on the music. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm I'm down to talk about anything. I'm I'm actually pretty interested in uh, a lot of stuff other than Super Soul Bros. As of late. Um, more or less, uh, you know, the band has been like kind of my focus for, for X number of years. And, uh, you know, life happens and different things kind of take priority. But it's kind of been a steady a steady grind with the band. And um, I feel like in the last year or two, we've kind of hit certain milestones that are what I had been working towards or what I'd been wanting to do for ever since I started the band. Yeah. And... Uh, and now that those are kind of happening, I'm having this existential crisis, and like I, 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 I can see, uh, the the band could certainly continue, and it could it could build into even more than I, uh, I envision. But I, I'm also like, I'm kind of I've I've scratched some itches with the band, and so now it's like I want to continue with it, but I also have all these other things I'd like to be doing. Yeah, for sure. Almost in a position where do you set more goals for the band, or do you set future goals for yourself? Mm. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, just over the past year, I mean, I know I I mentioned bringing up other stuff, but I'm going to bring this right back to Super Soul Bros, is that like over the past year alone, I mean, I've noticed such an uptick in like you guys touring, you know, obviously you just got the main stage at PAX East this year, uh, which Mm -hmm. that's your, your guys first time being on the main stage at PAX, right? Uh, Our first time at PAX East, actually, we played the main stage, we made our, our, PAX main stage debut uh, back in September last year uh, for PAX West. Okay, and so that was that was that was when my stomach was in my throat, yeah. and and uh, th- then I was like, "Cool, sweet, we'll do that," and that's happening. 
and then uh and then they're, they they were kind enough to give us another call nice. that's awesome. so hopefully hopefully it's not our last yeah no i, I mean, definitely don't think it will be i mean we we typically try to go to each of the concert series each year at pax east and i mean there's mm-hmm. there's some that you know we just don't really jive with and there's some that are great last year i think it was vgo was one of them yeah, oh yeah VGO. those guys yeah are great. they're pretty awesome but you guys like time again every time i like have an, an itch to listen to like video game related music you guys mm. you guys are like my go-to and it's and it's not even just that i like video game music because i do but i like music in mm-hmm. general and you guys transcend that like niche of being like a video game cover band where your music mm. is so good that it it's almost it's almost not that it's just something else <laughs> Thank you, man. That's that's really great to hear. I've I've heard similar things from other people, um, and so when I like try to pitch this this band to uh, to potential bookers or just to people when I'm you know chit chatting you know like <laughs> my dad's friends, I'll tell them yeah I started a band because uh, my dad's a musician as well. So like I, I kind of grew up around music, and so I'd be talking to his musician friends and saying I started this. Uh, this video game band and they like have no idea they kind of roll their about, yeah. yeah they they roll their eyes yeah they're they're like oh like pac-man or yeah yeah and i'm like yeah actually we do we have a pac-man arrangement we do but for the most part uh they're kind of like oh okay yeah he's you know millennial whatever <laughs> yeah and uh but then when they hear it they they respond to just the musicality of it and the 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 musicianship and just the the music speaks for itself absolutely and so yeah. it, it doesn't really matter if it's video game music or or a james bond theme or a you know a cartoon you know theme or something um we we do all kinds of different arrangements and just the the music kind of people respond to it so like when i try to pitch it to people especially when we're trying to get a, a booking for like a festival i'm like it's cool like from from past experience you know, we we get the response from the younger generations that kind of recognize the actual themes and the music. But then, like baby boomers and and all ages, they just love the music. They don't know what it is, but they they they're like, I don't know what it is, but I enjoy yeah. it. This yeah. is cool. No, I mean you like all of you guys are super talented, like you know uber talented musicians. Like when I look at your bios you. on on your website, like I can see that you all have either been doing it for a long time have some classical training. I mean, you've worked mm-hmm. with countless other musicians from different ends of music. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. It's been a, yeah, it, I kind of, I've always been around music. Uh, like I mentioned, my dad was a, a musician or he is a musician. He, he grew up in the Bay area uh, out here in California and that's where I currently live. And that's where I grew up. And there's, there's such a rich musical history out here in the Bay area. For sure. Um, yeah especially especially in that era that he grew up in like just the baby boober generation you had like santana tower of power just all these classic rock groups coming out uh in that you know in the fillmore era um you know in oakland and san francisco and it was just a lot of great music and so my dad rubbed shoulders with a lot of those those folks those heavyweights or these these iconic you know legends in the bay area yeah um, and then I was a kid and, and my dad would take me to go see these different, these different musicians and I, I would meet them and was very inspired. And then I just kind of 
you know, just kind of picked up some keyboards. My dad played Hammond B3 organ, so like I, I, I kind of lived with a teacher. He, yeah. My dad, yeah. he wasn't a music teacher, but he, he, you know, through osmosis, I would just pick up whatever he was doing. And yeah, and then like about seven, you know, six or seven years ago, I had to kind of leave the nest, so to speak. I, I had to move out and start making a living. And I was not really set up with any job security or anything. So I was like, what? What, what can pay the bills? I mean, I'm, I can do music, but that doesn't really pay the bills. Yeah. Um, I could teach lessons. Cool. And then, uh, and then I just started getting some phone calls uh, from other... Um, sorry, I, I got to answer this door. <laughs> That's all good. Here. No worries. One sec. Sorry. <laughs> Let me pause really quick here. So let's see. I was talking about... Uh, like having to start making a living basically. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, I just got to a point where uh, I had to leave the nest basically. And I started to kind of hone towards music. Um, I had been doing filmmaking and music and all kinds of different things, you know, my whole life. Uh, but when I was trying to figure out, you know, how to make some money, uh, music just kind of, became a focus for me uh more so i feel like i feel like that's always the hardest part about creative people is mm -hmm. how to find the way to monetize it yeah you know, whether you want to or not because obviously some people don't want to sure. like go that route they just enjoy making art because I'm, I'm a similar type of person where you know growing up i i write poetry i've mm -hmm. made music i paint i do all these things and i feel like i'm always chasing an avenue but I never know how to monetize it, or sure. even if I want to monetize it. Totally. So, so I I get your 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 struggle there, and yeah. I mean it's great that you can turn that around and turn it into something to. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really been the thing to <laughs> that I've been trying to focus more on too is just nowadays like how to how to monetize things even more, and uh, and also just refocus. Or just be a little more focused on the things that I really want to be doing and want to be pursuing, but yeah. um, but yeah, uh, I basically around that time I met Brian Shu, uh, the guitar player, uh, mm -hmm. and through a mutual friend we 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 met each other, and then um, what was coming up a few months from that point, this was back I don't know like twenty eleven twenty twelve, uh, we basically had Fanime, which was coming up. Fanime is like Northern California's biggest anime convention. Okay. And, um, and so <clears throat> that's been a thing that's been in San Jose in our hometown for, you know, I guess it was like 15 or 20 years. And, uh, I had a, I knew the owners of this burrito restaurant, which was just down the street from the convention center, downtown San Jose. And they always got a lot of traffic, you know, people in cosplay and stuff. And I thought, uh, well, basically, at that restaurant, the, the burrito place called Iguana's, home of the burrito-zilla. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they got this massive burrito. It's really good. Um, they, I mean, I, my interest has peaked. Yeah, you know, it's good. It's Whenever you're in the, in the Bay Area in, in San Jose, you should definitely hit them up. But they, they used to have open mic nights and jam sessions at the restaurant. So uh, I basically hit them up saying, hey, I, I want to throw together a little project and play some video game tunes like, during the weekend of Fanime. Uh, and I think people that are getting food there might it, might dig it. So they said, yeah, go for it. So 
like for three days straight we kind of just played uh on and off and we would take requests and just play a bunch of different we would just jam on video game tunes and so when i met brian uh i kind of got him involved with that project and from that point it kind of snowballed uh, and we started to do more events that weren't just for fanime um and uh kind of the bigger picture was to always try to maybe play at Fanime because it just yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, your origin story. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we've still yet to ever uh, be offered to play at Fanime. <laughs> oh, wow. But do you, so, do you have play... you played the floor? No, we've actually never played wow. a single note in, in, the, wow. in Fanime. It's always like in the convention center, we've never performed in there uh, yeah. during Fanime. It's, it's interesting, like some of the reasons that they would give us were that it was uh you know it was against regulations within the convention center um or that it would cost too much for uh i, I think it's like union stuff like if you're going to be amplifying music or something it's it's not okay. but okay. uh we we have actually performed in the convention center a couple of times for uh silicon valley comic-con and different oh, so things so liars. so so I'm, I'm 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 not really sure who's making these calls or what yeah. or, or it seems like a gray area yeah. um and so anyhow i figure they have their reasons and i'm you know we're just uh I, I'm, I'm really no longer waiting for making that happen i you know kind of just have let go of it and we've we've certainly moved on to doing a bunch of other events we've played at anime expo and we've been on the floor at e3 and now we're doing packs and all this stuff so it's it's cool like you know you just kind of you go to <laughs> you you keep pushing it along and find you find see, where see where, where it goes totally totally so you guys started as like a jam band almost inside the, the yeah tomorrow? pretty much like uh truly it started before i met brian i i actually just it started as truly a jam session. I, I didn't rehearse anything with any of my musician friends. I just called them up and said, hey, we're going to be at Iguana's the weekend of Fanime. If you want to come show up, we'll you know jump jump in. We'll, we'll just play on some tunes. And so like every day we had like a different drummer and we had different horn players sitting That's in. That's pretty cool. And, you know, we had switching it up. Totally. We, we hadn't like learned any of the stuff, really. We were I was just kind of kind of directing the tunes because i was playing yeah. the bass and the keys and i would kind of me and the drummer would lock in uh and, and just kind of create the foundation and then we would have different musicians you know horn players jump in and and solo and play w along with us and it was now, you know it, it was easy it start with the idea of doing like video game music or did you just mm -hmm. start as like a like a jam band yeah no it was definitely to be video game music at first because um uh, we, we were doing it during the Fanime weekend. And exactly, so yeah. I, I just figured, you know, it would definitely perk people's ears if they're getting tacos or something and then they hear the Zelda theme or yeah. whatever else. Like, and that or was. they're walking by and they hear. Yeah, right. They yeah. Hear Brings Rainbow them in. Road, like, you know what I mean? Like a Mario <laughs> Kart theme or something. Totally. Yeah. It, it definitely brought people in uh, off the street as well. Do you and guys still play at Iggy's? Because I know you have Live at Iggy's. I know mm -hmm. that's one of your albums. Yeah, so that was actually our first ever recording, our first ever album. <laughs> it's kind of a poor excuse for an album. Like, it's it's a very bootleg-style recording. Uh, but got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And so that was, uh, like, our first show. Um, like I mentioned, it, this this whole thing started not really 
as an official band. It was just kind of like I called up some musicians and they showed up and we just went for it. The following year, the following Fanime was when I actually had met Brian and we actually had we actually rehearsed the material and made an actual uh, made a set and, and had an actual band. And that was when we coined it as Super Soul Bros. And so Live at Iggy's was like our first official debut as as a band. And uh, yeah, uh, since then, we actually haven't played at Iguana's. Let's see. We did an, another couple shows there around that time. But since then, it's kind of just been um, other different venues, different things. Yeah. Well, you guys have definitely come a long way. I mean, you're at MAGFest, I think, every year as well. I mean, you're at South by Southwest this year, which is phenomenal. Yeah. It, sorry, I got to I gotta stop this real quick again. I got to take a pause. <laughs> sorry, let me pause real quick. Um, it's it's funny. I'm gonna reference it because I don't know how the editing's gonna go anyway. But it's funny because so when we had, uh, are you familiar with the game Shovel Knight? Yeah, I, I mean I know of it. I actually haven't played it yet. <laughs> oh, it's it's fantastic. It's a blast. Yeah. yeah, but we we had some of the the creators of Shovel Knight on, mm-hmm. and when we were recording with them via Skype, they were in their office, and about halfway through the episode, the fire alarm went off. Oh god! So they had to, yeah. they had to go like we had to stop. They had to go outside. So it was just I don't know. It's just funny. Like, so we're yeah. we're used we're used to having to cut the with weird to- things. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Not not that's not the first time. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Like that, that, yeah. that would make the po- that would make the episode for me. Yeah. It's like you just yeah. have the fire alarm going for like yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> and it was funny because I I feel like there was a point too where they were like, uh, I don't know if there's a test or not. So like we're gonna go. We'll be back, but like yeah. we have to go. <laughs> I so we have to show up. To yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, these guys really didn't like us. Wow. But no, they came. Um, they came back, and we recorded for for a very long time. That's cool. Um, but I I don't remember what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, anyways, while we're on the topic of Shovel Knight, uh, mm-hmm. great soundtrack as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we um. So. Uh, Jeff Kaufman, I think. Yeah. When we were playing at at Fan Gamers booth, they were across the str- uh, across the aisle or hallway from uh, one of the neighboring booths was the indie not the indie mega booth. It was a. Uh, it was it yep. was a booth that was featuring uh, Shovel Knight Yacht and Club. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, and actually the buddy my buddy Mike who was playing with me uh, he was playing on a second keyboard he was like yeah we got to do the, the Shovel Knight tune so he started playing and then I, I caught on and uh, the yeah. composer was over there too and he was just checking us out it was cool yeah. Yeah. yeah well that was that was the first way that that's that's how we discovered you Mike and I oh, okay. we've been we've been going to PAX for. Since the beginning, 2010 yeah. maybe. Jeez. I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys been at Paxi since the beginning, or no, uh, when was the beginning? Was that was that? I two, think 2010? it was 2010. I want to uh, say 12 was my first year. So mm-hmm. do with that information what you will. Yeah, we went. I went to East. I think for the first time, probably in 2013 or 14. Okay. Yeah, my first Pax at all was Pax Prime uh, in 2012. I think. Yeah. The OG. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's how we discovered you. We were walking by the fan gamer booth whenever you guys started, you mm-hmm. know, like busking outside of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I was trying to find the video on my phone today because I definitely still have a video. But oh, wow. we stopped and like I took a video. I'm like, these dudes fucking rock. Cause <laughs> like I, like I, I love music and I, I, I'm like a, I plant my flag a little firmly in Nintendo soil. So mm-hmm, you guys mm-hmm. play a lot of Nintendo music. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this this shit is amazing. Awesome. Um, so it was like ever since that point, I've always been a fan. And uh, Man. yeah, I don't even know why that came up, but yeah, thank you. You said, no. you, you said being outside the fan gamer booth, so I had, to, I had to I had to fan out for a second. Yeah, no, that's that that is also part of our a big part of our history. Was uh that that was kind of like the next step was um you know we we kind of made our debut at Iguanas and then uh <clears throat> around that same time uh my brother had moved to Fan Gamer. Uh, moved to Tucson, Arizona, where Fangamer is based, and yep. uh, so and Fangamer had been basically like friends of ours for quite a while. We, we uh, essentially met each other uh, through Starmen.net, which was like the big Earthbound uh, online community. Yep. And that was one of my other <laughs> projects was uh, making films, and so my brother and I and some friends of ours made this this Earthbound, basically an Earthbound fan film series uh, that was a whole other story but basically that kind of got uh the starman community's attention and then members from that community eventually went on to create fan gamer and so since those early beginnings we've kind of just been good buddies and once they uh once fan gamer started doing a booth at pax and they knew that i was a musician they're like hey yeah you, you jam on video games you, you want to we could just give you a little spot at the booth if you want to just play and i had never been there so i was like yeah i'll Sounds good. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump I mean, in the van. <laughs> I mean, that's a, like a great opportunity for you guys and, and for yourself. But that was probably one of the smartest things Fangame ever did because, mm. like, you think about the packed show floor and it's mm-hmm. chaos. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's a little nook and you hear this, you know, that you hear this amazing music and it's mm. like, let me go check this out. Yeah. And you meander towards the booth. So I'm sure they, they you know, it's a mutual beneficial. Oh, absolutely. There. It absolutely is. Yeah. We've, like it in the earlier stage it was just kind of like yeah just hang out like they, they just wanted to <laughs> make it a party and yeah i didn't really monetize it at all like i was just there and it was like on the last hour of the last day my brother put a p- brown paper bag in front of me and said yeah you could probably you should probably get some tips or something and uh <laughs> and then this huge like like uh, i think that was the year that uh plants versus zombies either one or two or i don't even know how many there are uh, basically, they there was like that was the year that they were featuring that game, and like four or five break dancing uh, zombies uh, showed up and started going at it, like while I was playing a groove, and yeah, just a, a huge audience kind of showed up, and then they were like passing this paper bag around, and I realized, wow, I guess I guess there's some money in this potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could have been doing this all weekend. <laughs> it could have been, yeah. It didn't even cross my mind at first, yeah. and then so, uh, yeah, then the following year, I actually brought. You know, we had a couple CDs to our name by that point. So then it became more of like a let's sell some merch and and kind of communicate and kind of like connect with with some fans. And um, yeah, and then at that point, it's just kind of, you know, as we did it more and more, people started associating us with Fangamer's booth and Fangamer was associated with us. And we drove some traffic to them and, and people would stick, you know, they'd come by, stick around for listen to the music stick around and then maybe buy a shirt or something yeah it worked out for sure yeah absolutely it's it's funny that uh you referenced those plants for zombies dancing Mm -hmm. zombies because that year at pax east 
Mike, isn't that what happened to you? Didn't they attack yeah, you? Yeah, I was walking <laughs> around. I, I was walking around. And I, I saw them break dancing. I was like, oh, let me snap a picture of these guys. Yeah. I snap a picture. I decided to walk away. And then one of the zombies grabbed me by the arm and dragged me back in. <laughs> and they, they started dancing and, yeah. you know, whatever. No, and then they gave me an iPad. That was, <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. That's how yeah. the story ends. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, they were super hams. I loved it. I was yeah. like, I, this is a circus, and this is exactly what I love. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, so you had mentioned the the Earthbound stuff, and mm-hmm. I definitely want to touch on that because clearly Earthbound for at least you, I'm sure mm-hmm. all you guys mm-hmm. is is a big deal because your last album, Motherload, which yeah. just came out, is I mean an ode to Earthbound. Absolutely. But when we were digging a little bit, we saw the trailer for Earthbound USA. Is Mm. Is there a, is this finished? Can I watch this? It's I to, it's not it's it. not viewable yet. No, it's not okay. uh it's not finished. It's still in production uh for various reasons, but um one major reason being that like kind of the legacy or or kind of the the bigger picture story uh of it. it it's not specifically about Earthbound. I mean, I I'm not the project lead for the the film, so I can't really speak, you know, conclusively about what the what the scope of the film is going to be ultimately okay. but yep. like the um <clears throat> some of the avenues or some of the the rabbit holes that we want to explore in it potentially uh it, w- one is just kind of like this this big question of like starman.net was like this you know booming online community and they would go through these herculean efforts trying to get nintendo's attention to Mm -hmm. you know uh localize or or just produce more earthbound content in northern america and that's still a thing like that's starman.net um granted some of the members have kind of moved on to doing fan gamer and different things but like this question of like is mother 3 going to be localized things like that that's still uh, an unanswered question, and so mm-hmm. certain factors like that uh, may or may not be delaying <laughs> the completion of the film. Uh, so what you're telling me is you guys have insider access. There's a mother game coming to the Switch. Uh, I'm not. I can't say that. <laughs> uh, actually, if there is, I wouldn't know. But it's yeah. it's uh, like that kind of that that interest. Uh, it, it, not to mention just like having like <laughs> hours and hours and hours and hours of footage making a documentary is very different in that like uh comparing that to making a like a non or a fictional film where like most of the hours of of crafting that is spent you know, uh, when you're typing you, up the story like you, yeah, you explore yeah. all those avenues and all those things and you distill it down to this best possible structure and best possible story and that's cheap on a computer you know it, you spend that time when you're scripting it um yeah. whereas a documentary you may have like some general things you want to explore but really you just record a shit ton of stuff and then then the you real time the is spent finding the best pieces and finding it, the story kind of emerges from yeah. that you find out what the st- the best telling of the story what the most important elements are in the editing so yeah. that's that's kind of uh what's been like the big time suck on the project <clears throat> yeah. i mean regardless of of the scope of the film whether it's you know solely earthbound and, and the mother series and, mm-hmm. and kind of the the fandom around that mm-hmm. the it, there's not v- many fandoms that are like that in gaming 
and mm. it's just it's a really interesting story. The trailer right. like does a very good job of mm. like getting uh, you know viewers to want to see more. So people yeah. who care about stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. They, so they when are... I saw I saw that you were tied to that, I was like very interested in what was mm-hmm. going on with that. Totally. Totally. I'm. Yeah, it's it's been a long kind of process, uh, and actually going to PAX was like another reason, like I was present at a lot of the PAXs was like for helping with filming. We would use PAX as an opportunity to meet with different industry folks uh, and and interview them in the hotel rooms, you know, for parts of the documentary. Um, and so it was kind of cool to to meet a lot of folks. We met Marcus Lindblom, who was like the the localizer, and he was a real swell guy, <laughs> and became a good friend of fan gamers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's basically, um, it, you're right in that the earthbound community community, those fans are like the quintessential video game fan. Like they, they really are. They, they're the fans that when you think of a fanatical video game community, it's the earthbound community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I totally agree, uh, that, uh, like that's, if you want to kind of focus on a story about people, of like this kind of millennial, not quite millennial age, but like this this video game generation, uh, kind of joining forces and trying to uh, get something or make you know try to accomplish something. I feel like the Earthbound community is is the the flagship I- I- example. The uh, for sure, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's it's weird to me because I feel like Nintendo. You know, of all the developers out there, obviously they're one of the oldest. They have all of these franchises that that people know, and you know they've been around for, you know, some of them ten years, some of them twenty five years, some of them thirty years. Mm-hmm. And when you look at you know Mother and Earthbound, mm-hmm. you know the the original game in the series didn't initially come out in the U.S. and then right. Earthbound Mother Two came out. You know, it was received, you know, lukewarm, mm-hmm. didn't perform well, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But then Nintendo's approach with the Super Smash Brothers series, where you have, you know, Ness being a character yeah. in the roster on the first game, you know, that really opened the yeah. doors up for a lot of people to know who that is. Right. And you can see what it did with when Melee came out, you know, they put Marth in the game and Roy. Right. Yeah. And that was, th- those characters weren't even in games that you could play in the U.S. Mm. Um, yeah. And that eventually snowballed into shortly after we finally got the first Fire Emblem game because so many people we're reaching out to Nintendo like, hey, we want to play a game that yeah. is about these characters. So it's weird to me that like NES is a mainstay of the Smash series. Yeah. And like people are so rabid and, and want these games yeah. and yet they still won't <laughs> at least localize Mother Three. Like I they, I they added Lucas as paid content for the the latest Smash. Yeah. And, and totally. people bought it. So totally. I totally there's it's, there's obviously people that are interested in, in right. playing more games with these characters. It's yeah. weird it, that it absolutely is. It's very interesting how like Nintendo has uh, kind of f- uh, framed or packaged any Earthbound content to North America. It's usually packaged as some sort of premium content that you have to pay for, yeah. <laughs> or uh, you know, it's it's int- it's great. I mean, it's very cool that uh, they released uh, Earthbound on uh, the you know virtual console or on the Wii U. Uh, mm-hmm. When we, when the Wii U sales weren't going so well, or yeah. uh, or that they included Earthbound on um, the Super or the SNES Classic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's the, the the fans are there and they will buy it, and so you know it, they can vote with their dollars, and I'm glad that that's that's yeah. an opportunity for them. 
Yeah. yeah. It just seems weird that like they they are aware that they can use this franchise to like push product, mm-hmm. but they're but they're not going any further with the series. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Shigesato Itoi is, uh, you know, just a fascinating guy, um, just a, as an artist, as a, just a, a human being. And uh, he's, um, you know, he's he's done a lot of different things, and just the, the Mother series is just one of those things. Yeah. yeah. And his interests are, you know, different now, or the yeah, things that, yeah. you know. Yeah, he has his... I forget what he said exactly, but his mother now is something different, it, you know. Okay. Um, I th- I think there was an interview at some point in probably the last few years where Itoi said that he he wouldn't make another mother game, which mm-hmm. maybe that's part of the reason that's kind of the holdup where mm-hmm. you know he's the creator. That would be like Miyamoto saying you know, and at this point I don't think Miyamoto is actually like in there creating the game, but he's definitely mm-hmm. a creative producer on the yeah. projects. But yeah. that would be like Miyamoto saying I'm never gonna make a Mario game again. Right? How do you how do you kind of make that? Right. It's like they're going to make Metal Gear Solid games now that Kojima's gone, and they're never going to be the same Yeah. simply because Kojima's not there. Yeah. Totally, totally. Well, they tried to take it in a different direction. And yeah, they didn't do well. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Um, man, what was that? Uh, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm, You're, like, making certain memories pop up in my head from the, the footage that we we were going through but uh it was interesting how like when what was it uh brawl yeah brawl they had like for every character you could play like a little segment of the game that they were from Um, yes and ness was the only character that you couldn't play (laughs) a segment of of earthbound uh that's interesting i don't i don't even recall that but yeah it doesn't surprise me yeah that's that's one of the anecdotes uh one of the the things that just popped up in my head there it's really interesting how nintendo it's melee players, yeah 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 the uh, the i the think events? it was called the adventure mode in melee mm. mm-hmm. remember like you you ran through mario's stage and like at some point you run through captain falcon oh that's uh, right yeah racetrack oh yeah okay yeah but i think he i think robbie was talking about something else i think no, like you was, could I, yeah, there's there was like a, little. There was hidden... a piece where you like played like a like a. It was what like a five minute or a one minute yeah. clip of the virtual console game. Right. Oh, that thing. Okay. Just to kind of get a, a sense of what the origin was oh, of where this they character. came from. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess I get that. It's like how can you really take one small slice of Earthbound and and yeah exactly and do yeah. it justice, like, yeah, but uh, Mother Three, man, I just played that a couple years ago because. Uh, Fangamer was doing Camp Fangamer, which is um, basically their... It's really just a very large-scale party for Earthbound nerds. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> right. not, not necessarily Earthbound. It's actually just people that are uh, f- Fangamer buddies, like just people that have that have been in support of what Fangamer's about and and a lot of OG members from the Starman.net community. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, they did two consecutive, like, festival, like, they called them camp fan gamers. And they were basically, like, two-day or three-day events uh, out in Tucson. They, they rented out the Hilton, and we put on a, a, a convention that had a lot of different components. But um, the first year was Earthbound-themed, and then the second year was, was Mother 3-themed. Uh, and Super Soul Bros were involved with both of those events. They they did like a charity stream for forty eight hours, or or 
like three days in a row and we were the house band it was cool. it was very cool and and that was partly why we learned a lot of the earthbound material um that's okay. kind of what put that big body of of repertoire uh in our possession or that's how we kind of worked out a lot of that stuff and then um yeah and then that was basically what made it uh, an easy decision when we were talking about what's this first big studio album that we want to do uh earthbound just kind of <laughs> it just kind of popped out yeah fell in our well, laps earthbound, earthbound kind of has that built into it too because you guys are like this funky jazz cover mm-hmm. band i mean the music in earthbound is kind of already yeah orbiting Definitely. around that with some of the characters and at least earthbound because i've never i never i know they re-released earthbound beginnings or mother one mm-hmm. but i never played it and then uh yeah. i started mother three but i never actually finished it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I haven't played earthbound beginnings but i played earthbound plenty uh my dad played it more than i did actually um it's uh and it's it's whole soundtrack is just such a wide spectrum of styles and and yeah it, it definitely has like one foot pretty planted in like this rhythm and blues funk yeah. kind of uh vibe with the the runaway five and yeah exactly you know, yeah and blues brothers and all that stuff like that's that's the kind yeah, of music we grew up with yeah. Like, yeah yeah it's just a, a perfect match for what super soul bros sounds like and so that was kind of how we they framed us in a uh, at the Camp Fangamer events. We were like the Runaway Five band, Super Soul Bros as the Runaway Five, and we were all dressed I, up. Yeah, I mean that's up. a kind of cool thing to be framed as. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was cool, and um, yeah, but the Mother Three soundtrack is is also very very cool. It it kind of diverges into some other kind of feels and styles, and so like. We learned some other three material for that camp fan gamer, and then I was already really, really familiar with a lot of the Earthbound stuff from having yeah. grown up with that game. And so when we made Motherload, we were trying to pick out what tracks would be a good blend, and that sounded solid. Um, yeah. And so we tried to kind of get a little bit of of all three games in there. I mean, Motherload to, to kind of hash on that for a second mm-hmm. is like. Of such a phenomenal album like from top to bottom like there's so many like i think if i have to pick up my favorite track it's probably oh, winters i think my uh i think the microphone cut out or i can't hear you oh there we go can you now hear I can us hear now hold on there we go yeah it, i don't know the sound cut out for a sec no worries um but i was saying that you know, top to bottom, Mother Load's pretty fantastic, and, and Winters is probably my favorite song right now. Mm. Man, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Winters is a. I really like that arrangement too. That's one of my favorites on the on the album. It was um we were. <clears throat> it was actually the track that we were like we don't know what to do with this one, because uh, we we were we played it, we were used to playing it more straight like how it sounds in the game, and then okay we were about a week or two out from tracking in the studio and we thought well i just kind of was starting to jam on the um for me like when i when i'm playing a tune i like to you know i'll I'll improvise and so if there's a part of a of a a part of a song like a section of a song that i enjoy maybe i'll just start kind of vamping on that idea and just start building on it and um and so with you know different influences that I grew up with, the kind of music that my dad exposed me to, uh, 
there was this one particular band called Stuff, um, which was kind of like, it's not a very well-known band, but it was from the 70s. It was basically composed of all the the top session funk, uh, soul, rhythm, and blues musicians out of New <coughs> York back in the 70s. And they were like the, the cream of the crop folks that everyone wanted to be their backing band. So they played for everyone like from Aretha Franklin, Joe Cocker, and then they even played with Simon Garfunkel and all these different folks. Um, oh, wow. They yeah, were just they like... Played, they they were played the background guys. for Joe Cocker at Saturday Night Live. Yeah, exactly. They were actually the first house band for Saturday Night Live the first couple of years. So you can see them performing there. <laughs> and, yeah, that's uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, I remember the stuffed T-shirts. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I made my own because uh, they don't they don't sell those. <laughs> really? I, I made my own stuffed shirt, yeah. Nice. But the keyboard player, Richard T, for stuff, uh, he is pretty much hands down like the biggest influence of, of any keyboard player uh, that, that I I have. And so he would often do, stuff would do these arrangements where they would, uh, it was like a funky tune, and then at some point, maybe somewhere in the middle, it, the whole band would drop out, and it was just this funky gospel-influenced like acoustic piano breakdown. And then gradually layers would build on top of that. Drums would come in, bass would come in, guitar, and then uh, horns. And it would just kind of just keep evolving and building up into this great feeling vibe. And um, more or less, that was kind of like my inspiration for for where we took winters. Um, in terms of like the, the, the arrangement and the structure of how that song plays out. Um, yeah. And then Alex Popoff, uh, our sax player, he arranged all the horn harmonies and all kinds of uh, cool embellishments um, in the melody as well. So, that, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how that turned out. It, it definitely felt like w one of the tracks on the album that I felt really spoke to my influences. Like, it, it felt very me. <laughs> and, I, and I think a lot of the the band members feel that way it feels very us that's know? awesome man growing up were you big into i mean all right even now are you big into like funk is that like kind of oh where absolutely you're... yeah 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 my dad was a, a hammond organ like a b3 organ player and so the b3 hammond organ is just this legendary instrument that uh is it's identified it it is the organ that like anyone when you think of an organ in any rock music or any kind of uh pop kind of context um it, it was the hammond organ even in like yeah. church music like in gospel uh like all of this was the hammond organ and it's just got such a, a specific sound yeah and uh <laughs> and so like my that music was, or that instrument was super present in rhythm and blues and and funk music as well as rock and and all that stuff during you know that same era we were talking about like the late 60s early 70s just kind of 60s through the 70s like that kind of golden classic rock era when rock electric instruments and jazz and funk and all these things were kind of fusing together and that was very much the kind of music i grew up listening to very cool nice what is so you know we you just dropped this new album mm -hmm. motherload in january right it was, yeah it was the beginning of january it was, it was january 1st um, yeah what i know you mentioned that there's you know other baskets you want to start putting eggs in and maybe mm. focus on other things as well but what is, is there a, a next album 
do you think, for the Super Soul Brothers? Yeah, we've got... We, we've kind of talked about some other uh, ideas. Like, I feel like there, there, there's so much repertoire that we've got that... Um, like, I'm not partial to doing albums that are specifically about one game because I feel like we can kind of hit so many things and, and make it like a best of album. Yeah. You know, um, but Earthbound just makes sense because for, for a, a number of reasons, we already knew a lot of the material uh, and probably more importantly, we knew that 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 fandom, that community would especially appreciate it. And yeah, so, because of your ties, yeah. We already talked about that. Earthbound yeah. fans would buy stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, it was, just it was take advantage, just a take smart advantage of them. It was a smart <laughs> business decision, but it was also yeah. like, uh, like just in terms of the artistry and the time and what we were going to put into it, we knew that that would probably cause bigger ripples within the Earthbound community, yep. and then that would kind of pass out to or you know potentially cause other ripples. Uh, you know, it, it would just probably get more attention, and then that exactly, came yep. into more for us. Um, and because it's it's a great bunch of music to play, <laughs> but it, it uh, really is, yeah. Uh, and so, like, I, I think a next step for the band would probably be to uh, just kind of we would pick, you know, maybe ten to fifteen tracks. I, I we we really didn't realize how much we were biting off when we did Motherload because we did it's sixteen tracks and it's like it's like a feature length uh, album, which is way more than any of us had taken on before um yeah. you know we had just only done fireball which was like 17 minutes or something it was like a little yeah. ep and then outside of those outside of that uh we have a few other albums but those were all just live recordings that yeah. you know stretches brew while most people may think it's, it's studio recorded it it's got a nice recording quality but it, it was all performed live um which i'll say because because again I, i'm a fan mm-hmm. i have all the albums but yeah. i hope I hope you guys still will do at some point other live stuff because yeah. there's there's like a different as a as a listener there's something mm-hmm. else you can pull from that um, like it's weird like I'll listen to like some of my favorite songs of like Stritch's Brew or, mm-hmm. or you know um, I forget the name I forget the name of it but it's mm-hmm. the white cover that has like the four colors like fireworks oh yeah yeah uh, Poorhouse Bistro yeah yes mm-hmm. so. I listen to those two a lot, and uh, there's, like, clearly, like, you talking to the crowd or, like, whatever, and it's, mm-hmm. like, I'll catch myself, like, saying that as part of the song, like, almost like it's <laughs> lyrics. So yeah. it's, like, oh, Alex Popoff, sax player. We call him Pops. He's the right. youngest one in the group. Like, I don't know. It's, like, I like that quality because it, it makes the music feel alive, but also, yeah. again, like, Motherload, the studio quality is also amazing. So it's like I, I want the best of both. Yeah, totally, totally. He yeah, just we... wants you to talk to him while you're recording. Right. So just, just <laughs> shut up right into the middle of the song. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. It, it, it's yeah. You're you're not the first person that's like kind of somehow meshed uh, my <laughs> stupid bantering like into the song. Like it you, you remember feels it so that good. way. It, it it honestly feels like. It's it's like a jazz quality because jazz mm. is that like yeah. melding of instruments. It's like you know it can be precise and it can be you know mm-hmm. floaty and all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it just fits in so well. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, but it's it's funny as like people have mentioned. I've 
uh, we, we've joked about like sampling all of my main phrases that I say and then just putting them <laughs> onto an electric drum pad or something. And then like Chris, the drummer, can just like hit, you know, that's Alex Popoff over there. That, <laughs> that way I, I don't have to say anything and make a fool of myself. That but would be hilarious, though. Like, if you're at a, if you're playing a show and it's like you know fans of yours that do feel that way, right. and then he's just like drumming that comes out, and like people would love that. <laughs> we were kind of experimenting would, with that. I and, yeah, I don't know if it would like translate well on like a you know live show you're going to record, but I think <laughs> the people in the audience that were fans of you guys, mm. it might it might go over pretty well. That's pretty. <laughs> that I'm I'm open to exploring that. That's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, like I, I, we have noticed that the band, like, I think partly why we have, well, at least I can speak for myself, partly why I haven't uh, been responsible <laughs> for us recording many albums is because I don't enjoy recording in a studio setting. Um, okay. Uh, there's, you know, you get like red light syndrome and different things. Like, I feel like I'll just endlessly be in this perfectionist uh, mood and it'll never finish. I'll just get sucked into a black hole and I'll be like, Ugh! like I, it's difficult for me to draw a line and say that's good enough. Um, yeah. And so uh, that's why most of our albums have just been pretty okay. Live recordings. <laughs> like it's like we've recorded it when we played live and we can't go back and change it. So, Hey, if it, if it feels good enough, then we'll just, uh, we'll release that. Yeah. And, it, part part of that is because um, I, I I really enjoy performing. That's really kind of like the, the 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 thing I'm more into, and so <clears throat> I think that's 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 a factor with this band. Is like we are a live band, uh, yeah. and the energy is when we're performing live. So recording us when we perform live is that's that's something that you don't get in a studio setting like there's a certain energy and, and synergy yeah. with with all the moving parts and so like bands like snarky puppy and all these other groups that do per they record themselves in a studio performing live in front of an audience that's like a kind of a best of both worlds that i think you're talking about and that's that's definitely like a direction that we would be going into like uh like as far as what our future recordings may be we may do like a a best of like just a kind of a a sampler plate of a bunch of different video game tunes uh mm -hmm. but also we're really interested in starting to do original stuff and so oh okay um that which i'm not sure how that's gonna look or how that's gonna kind of appeal to people uh after being identified as essentially a video game cover band so mm -hmm. it's interesting. We'll see where it goes. Maybe certain original compositions or things, they may be released under a different name, but still be essentially Super Soul Bros. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's. Uh, I do think that what we will be putting out in the future is is going to be. It's going to have that live element, but we do want it to have that really nice, polished recording quality as well. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know. I Obviously, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think a, a way to maybe test, you know, original stuff is maybe you're, you're doing a, a set mm -hmm. that is Super Soul Brother stuff, and then you work in an original song and yeah. see kind of how, Just, you know, the crowd reacts to it. Totally. Yeah. And in a way, we have done that not with originals, uh, but we, we have done that with just 
inserting completely non-video game tunes <laughs> into the set. Uh, at, uh, one of our first times doing that was at MAGFest back in 2014 or so. We did uh, this Herbie Hancock jam called Hang Up Your Hang Ups, which is just a really funky tune, and it, it features all of the musicians in our band really nicely. It, it, okay. it features all of our instruments in a really fat, great, groovy you know, tune. And... And I, <laughs> so like whenever we throw in a tune like that, I'll I'll just make up some game that it's from, and like, <laughs> so this is from Tiger Woods '97. Uh, so like that actually has become like the title for that song now. We're gonna do the Tiger Woods PGA '97, uh, nice. you know, jam, and it's really just that's, hang up your hang. That's pretty amazing. I dig and, that. And then some people catch it too. Like they'll talk to us afterwards and be like, "That was a Ruby Hancock tune. That was great. That was cool." <laughs> But that 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 speaks to the the level of musicianship that you guys have. That people will pick it out, know it's not a video game tune, mm. and be like, "That was awesome," mm-hmm. and we know what it was. Yeah, totally. It's uh, so I I do think that that's that's what that will look like in the future. Is like we'll we'll start to slip in some original stuff and and uh, maybe even like I, I what I've wanted to do is I like having visuals go with you know our concerts. I like to have whether it's visuals on a projector or some kind of visual component on stage with us. Th- yep. Those are like some things back in our earlier stages with the band. We, we experimented quite a lot. Uh, and it <laughs> I don't think the rest of the band was necessarily aware of what we were doing. It was usually just some rabbit hole that I my mind went down and thought, oh, this would be interesting or cool, but like no one else understood why we have this tall guy eating, force feeding himself hard boiled eggs while we're playing the Pac-Man theme. (laughs) It was like some really strange, you know, stuff, but uh, I just thought it was interesting. So, yeah. But uh, as far as like like he's eating pellets, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I I think people would get a kick out of it. I just love, I love producing a a circus. That's really the bigger picture of what I'm interested in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you're putting on a sh- you're putting on a show and you're putting on a show for yourself. Yeah, yeah, and and, and hopefully other people <laughs> have and, and, a, yeah, a and, similar and sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, like not for nothing, that's where some of the best art comes from. If you're if you're making art to please yourself mm-hmm. and being true to yourself and the art, then yeah. other people will appreciate that. Totally, and and that's that's really what I've kind of come to recognize more recently, and that's that's. <laughs> going back to that same pun like just putting eggs in these other baskets like just trying to find uh those other those other forms of expression that i'm maybe a little more interested in at this point yeah um but uh, just to tie back to what i was talking about like I, th- I i think people could expect to see some original music and maybe like i i've wanted to get some you know uh some actual visuals for a game that doesn't exist like make you know, have some pixel artist animate some cool scenes or cut scenes or things that are completely fabricated to be for this song that is not from a video That's game. That's not a video game song. Yeah, I yeah. Like it. yeah. And then um, and then I make can, the game I later. Put you in, <laughs> I can put you in touch with a few people. I mean, oh, I that'd know. be awesome. Yeah, I can. I can. I'll I'll get some some contacts for you with that. I have a decent, surprisingly decent amount of like pixel artist. Oh, sweet connections. Awesome. Um, we can talk about that yeah. off the air. Yeah. Um, Thank you, man. <clears throat> but um, no, that would be that would be kind of awesome. Actually, that's a cool concept to do that to make mm-hmm. like a fake video game to go with it. Yeah. Tiger Woods '97. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess one of the other things I 
want to touch on for you is mm-hmm. you guys are going to be at South by Southwest this year, which is fantastic. This mm-hmm. week, actually. Yeah, we're, we're taking off early Wednesday to, to go down to Austin. So how did that how did that come about? Do you guys going to be like doing a full set there or? Yeah, so I guess they have a that that festival. I've uh, I've wanted to perform there for a few years. I, I I think I had sent some emails in past years, just applying as a band to perform. Um, yep. And uh, we were never selected. Um, and that festival it's it's like thirty years old now. So it's like been building and building. Uh, it started off as like a very humble music festival and then it expanded to like they've got film and now there's technology and interactive yeah. and gaming and so the last three there's a big comedy presence there too right oh yeah, yeah that's true yeah and so like the last three days of this two week or it's really like half of a month uh, festival the last mm-hmm. three days or so is the gaming uh, part of it and they just <laughs> reached out to us very last minute. They were like, hey, this might be crazy, but would you, would you guys want to try to make this happen? Uh, would you like to perform here? And so, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's it's like how it always is. You've got a bunch that you're taking care of, but then suddenly this new opportunity lies yeah. in your lap. And, okay, drop everything. Let's, may, let's maybe explore this. And yeah, so, you got to. Yeah, and so... Um, while we're not bringing the full band out there, uh, we, we did make it work with just the means that we had and the time that we had to prepare. Um, so we are going to be bringing like four of us out there. It's going to be kind of like a light mode version of Super Soul Bros, um, okay. which is cool. I, I really like performing in that format at times with like it, it, it makes it a lot more liquid and uh, just fluid. And, and, and we can kind of switch up how we play certain songs a lot more easily. Uh, we, the improvisation factor is a lot more fluid uh, when when you have less moving less parts. Less people, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah. But to answer your question, they they have us playing the opening kickoff party for the gaming uh, part of the festival. So it's nice, it's, very it's, cool. It's an official party thing at the Hilton over there in uh, at, as part of the the South by Southwest. I've never been to the festival, so I. I'm sure it's going to be like a magfest or like my first time going to any of these things. Like, yeah, just you get overwhelmed with, wow, this is this is a, a lifestyle. This is a thing yeah. that people look towards every year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. South by Southwest is one of those things. It seems like it's more of like a magfest where it's like a longer drawn out celebration mm-hmm. where like everyone's just going, you know, at all hours of the day and night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you're in good company too. I mean, I, I quickly looked at who else is going to be performing at the gaming portion of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a great line. You guys have you guys have worked with Mega Ran before. We're also totally. big fans of Mega Ran. Totally. Who's not? He's he's yeah. the hardest working guy in video game music. He's, he, he kills it. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. How did how did you guys start working with him? Uh, so he's done some events. He's done actually some parties with Fangamer uh, before. Oh, like okay. Fangamer would host certain after parties. Uh, actually, they did. They were like art galleries um, uh, at PAX Prime. Uh, they, they did a couple art gallery kind of after party things. And I remember going to that like the first year I ever went to PAX Prime and I saw Mega Ran and I saw Danimal Cannon. Uh, and they were, they were both booked by Fangamer to just play at this party. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just kind of met them, and, and just having gone to these different um, events, I, I just kept seeing them. And then I think Mega Ran, <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> he, uh, he, I, I saw him play when he came to San Jose, actually, my hometown. 
and he was playing at this uh, record store and I said hi and I said yeah I've got this is my project I've got super soul bros and we'd love to back you at some point and um, he said okay cool I'll send you some songs and then it's fu so funny like this is my first impression with him was like yeah that's cool and then and then <laughs> we had t I had too much on my plate and the band had too much on their plate and we ended up not l learning the songs <laughs> and uh, I had sent him a message saying, like, hey, we're, you know, we're not going to be able to do this. This is maybe a couple weeks before this upcoming show because he was playing at Cafe Stritch. And I sent him a message on Facebook. And, and like, it, it may have gotten overlooked or maybe I didn't send it or something. But basically, he didn't get the memo. And so then I, I go to the show at Cafe Stritch. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm looking forward to your set. He was like, yeah, I thought you, <laughs> I thought you guys were going to be playing with me. <laughs> and uh, he was like. I, I felt so bad, like I had completely screwed up, and I was gonna be like, like shunned in the video game music artist community because I I let Mega Ran down, and since then like it, we, like have actually done stuff together, and he sat in with us. Uh, whenever we're at like E3, he hops up on the stage. Whenever we're at Fan Gamers booth at at PAX, like I'll, I'll I have a spare mic, and he'll jump up and free flow on some tunes. And we have since then learned some of his songs. And so, <laughs> and basically we've shared the bill on a couple shows. So like he's just like the South by Southwest one, like he's performing and we're performing. So we're, we're good buds now. It, it was just like kind of rocky at first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, 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 he had no idea who I was. I was like some guy that literally had just started this video game band. So who am yeah. I? Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. And yeah, amazing lineup samus is is playing that show as well yep and I saw uh, that. yeah so i i actually should send megaran an email and see if he wants to hop up on a tune on our set I, we're still trying to figure out what we're gonna play <laughs> yeah well you can always bust out uh one of his jams for him since totally. you got that on, yeah. on lockdown now mm -hmm. but yeah it's a it's a really cool community that we've you know once we went to magfest it was like wow that world really really expanded and yeah you know just knowing of all these bands and artists that are doing the same thing and they've got the same passion uh and it's it's a small it's a small world but it's a big world <laughs> of, of of it's a big community yeah yeah well it's a very supportive community i mean there's definitely totally. you know certain genres of music that are are much more you know open with competition and i'm sure there's plenty of competition in you know this you know, genre of music as well, mm -hmm. but it also feels like it's probably a little bit more inclusive and a little bit more, you know, as a group, we succeed together if we're all doing well, because mm -hmm. I, like you said, when you were, you know, kind of pitching your, your band to like your father's friends and stuff, yeah. it's like, oh, you play video game music. You know what I mean? It, it mm -hmm. sounds niche. It sounds whatever, mm -hmm. but really there's a lot of really talented musicians that this is the stuff they're playing, but it's also fantastic. Even if you strip away where that music is coming from totally like if it's if it's if it's grounded in video games like mm -hmm. the good stuff rises above that even if you're not into video game music totally yeah it, at some point Green just art just kind of uh it just speaks for itself and it just kind of like transcends whatever the 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 derivative source is you know yeah um <clears throat> the the last thing i'll bring up because i know you did want to Go oh yeah, no worries. I, yeah, if, if I could cut out, I'm I'm more than happy to come back and uh, and gab some more with y'all. I'm glad I, I'm glad we finally are making this happen. Like a year a year after <laughs> talking about it. 
I know it's it's but it it, it builds the story. It's yeah, like it's like our own uh, Mega Ran Super Soul Brothers. Story. Exactly. <laughs> Past the controller, Super Soul Brothers has a different. I swear, you, you guys didn't rub me the wrong way. It was just that I I've, I'm highly disorganized. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, looking at your like, if you go to your website, I mean, you're you have your hand in so many things. So I, you know, and plus you guys are traveling all over the place. Um, yeah. But the last thing I wanted to ask you, and then and then we can wrap things up, is sure. your Twitter profile says that you're a junk foodie. Yes. So I just need to know. Oh yeah. What's oh, yeah. going on here? Okay. Well, I don't know. Like, I've just kind of like been trying to figure out who I am and what what I do, and I certainly eat a lot of junk food. So I figured, uh, what is that if not a junk foodie? So. So what's your go-to? Like, if I'm gonna go into Robbie's house and like open his cabinets, like oh God. an ideal cabinet, what yeah. is it gonna be? Oh shit! Um, I actually don't get a lot of uh, like store-bought junk food. I actually mostly buy from like this grocery store stuff that you might consider to be like normal <laughs> food. But basically, I I love going to fast food places or going to Seven Eleven at you know two in the morning and getting a crazy obnoxious pile of nachos or whatever else um not the hot dogs right and actually i haven't had a hot dog in a while but i usually what truth be told anything that i get there that i can put toppings on i put so many toppings on it that the original item is no longer you you can't recognize it so like the pile of toppings so, so yeah so like i i have had a lot of uh chili Nacho cheese, relish, and jalapenos with some hot dog in it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fair. pretty That's good. Fair. Yeah, That's fair. But um, um, if I were to like mention one prime like junk food uh, thing, it's the thing I talk about all the time is Taco Bravo. And so Taco Bravo is, it's again, it's part of this like history uh, in San Jose. It's part of my dad's, you know, in my upbringing. Basically, it's a it's a Taco Bell. It used to be a Taco Bell in the 60s. And then in the late 60s, um, the guy, uh, some guy that was a manager for the Taco Bell decided to make his own. He said, I could do this cheaper and better and, and you know make some more money at it. So he made his own Taco Bell, but it was Taco La Paz. And later it became Taco Bravo. Um, <laughs> and it's basically, as I described to people, it's... Taco Bell on steroids in terms of like proportions or the, the portions of food that they give you. The price is you can't beat it. And there is just way too much cheese. It's just nice. so good. Uh, and it's from it's in Campbell slash San Jose here. So it's my dad went to it when he was in high school. I grew up going to it and it was pretty much like one of those, you know, it was like one of the de facto uh musician food spots because it was one of the few places that were that, that was open till 3 a.m. after a gig you'd yeah. go to Taco Bravo so it's kind of just a rite of passage <laughs> being a musician here in the Bay Area and everyone in the band has certainly been to Taco Bravo more than once <laughs> oh man I mean I so I love Mexican food oh yeah you you're like streets ahead of me with where you are in the country because i'm sure there's just much more and much better quality oh yeah there's great stuff here in in san jose taco bravo is a different animal though (laughs) 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 when you walk when you go in there uh it's it's kind of like an outdoor kiosk kind of thing it's uh it's when you walk in it's it's kind of like a 
outdoor ordering station thing. It's a, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a taco, an old Taco Bell. It's not a walk-in place. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a brick building with like, uh, you know, with a window there. Uh, yeah, we have, yeah, we have stuff like you, that over here. Sure. When you when you're waiting in line, you see. Uh, some of their accolades or their <laughs> awards from like 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, there's one, my favorite, it's on, on the window there. It says, voted best, quote, nearly authentic Mexican food <laughs> in, authentic. Uh, in San Jose. That's yeah. I've also heard uh, some, I've overheard some people ordering. It was obviously their first time there uh, in front of me in line. They're, they're ordering saying, can I get a burrito with... Um, do you guys have like rice or guacamole or any of that stuff? We, we don't want any of that stuff. And then the, the guy, like the customer service there is like a whole thing in itself. Like the people <laughs> that work there are such characters. Like many of them have, uh, well, they're <laughs> it's an experience. questionable backgrounds and interesting. Uh, yeah. Who knows really? Um, but uh, the guy that resp- he goes, Dude, this is white people making Mexican food. We don't have any of that rice or guacamole or anything. It's it's really it's uh it's it's its own thing. It's just a different animal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> there, I I always tell my friend like it all comes back to Bravo. Like a lot of things like when I'm descri- <laughs> describing where something is, it's always like in relation to how far it is from Taco Bravo. <laughs> the Bravo factor. It's an institution. Yeah, it, I, it is. I now have a reason to go to San Jose. Oh, you absolutely should. And so, in and fact, a reference um, point. Of and re- yeah, exactly. where they go. absolutely. Yeah, you, you should. We should find out how far y'all live from Taco from, Bravo. From Taco just Bravo. To, <laughs> just to just to know that. Um, but uh, actually, yeah, it, absolutely. If you guys are ever in the Bay Area, I I always treat people to it. Um, uh, Freddie W was actually up here. Uh, he was touring with Tamra, a friend of ours, who she's an actress and she's also a the singer-songwriter. She actually uh, was the actress for Paula in one of our Earthbound films. Oh, but, okay. uh, but yeah, Freddie W. was backing her up, and he came up, and I, I had to treat both of them to Bravo, of course. <laughs> and uh, actually, Mag West, uh, which is in our hometown, or it's, it's in Santa Clara here, uh, there's some talk of one of my pipe dreams is to uh, have a Bravo bus a shuttle that brings people from Mag West <laughs> over to Taco Bravo at like two in the morning, like right after our, our set or something. That is a great so, idea. Yeah, you should. We you love should you guys. Hey, meet us out front. We're, we're piling into the bus. We're going to the Bravo. And so, uh, so who knows if that may or may not happen, but I think I've, I've been deemed the department head of Bravo bus. Nice. So we'll see how well I can, <laughs> if I make, if I can make it happen. So what you're saying is after you finish your your set at PAX East this oh, yeah. year, we're gonna go outside, get in a bus, and go. Yes, because I'm I'm yes. down. That's that's absolutely the the plan. I, I'll see how well we can execute that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Expedition Bravo bus. So yeah. are you a burrito person as well, or just is this like a? Yeah, I I would say I usually get burritos. Um, but at Bravo, kind of like the first. The first experience I always suggest to people is the super nachos, because really when you go to Bravo, everything is the same. Like I mean, it's it's the structured differently. With the shape, and vegetables. It, yeah, it's like <laughs> the, the, everything is the same stuff, the same matter that is Bravo. So you yeah. could essentially have a trough of Bravo stuff, <laughs> and that would be the same experience. 
And so that's essentially what the Super Nachos is. It's like a huge <laughs> drop. <laughs> it's basically like it's a nacho thing, but it's in like a, a big like plastic little case, you know, like a, yeah. it's a bucket of stuff. And uh, it's really good and really messy, and most people don't finish it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna clip this part of the episode out, and I'm gonna send it to Bravo and see if we can get a sponsorship out of this. Oh yeah, you, uh, yeah, <laughs> man. I'm hoping that maybe they could they could sponsor uh, Mag West and and make it a thing so that we can we can bring some customers to them. Yeah, that would be fucking if they, awesome. If they if they fund the bus, we'll bring the customers. <laughs> yeah, I mean that works. Yeah. Um, well, then, if if so, if, since you you like Mexican food, or at least like you know mm-hmm. burritos and shit, totally, we'll have to take you to Ana's Taqueria when you come for packs. Have you ever been to Ana's Taqueria? No, I don't think so. So that's like if I have to like pick, there's a few like really good Mexican or Tex-Mex places in mm-hmm. Massachusetts. Ana's oh, yeah. Taqueria is in Boston, and it's 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 worthy of being uh, brought to for someone who's from California. I Word. would say. Okay. I'm super down. I'm super down. Um, but I mean, you stayed uh, far past how long you you had. Oh said. yeah, it's it's all good. <laughs> I I was able to kind of stretch things out, but it, it, I probably should wrap up pretty quick here. Yeah. So anything that you want to plug, if you want to tell people, you know, anything about you or where they can watch or see, you know, Super yeah. Soul Bros at at uh, PAX or mm-hmm. at South by Southwest, anything like that, yeah. the floor is yours. Okay, so I guess chronologically what's coming up is um, uh, next week we'll be at uh, South by Southwest in Austin, Texas um, for their gaming festival. Uh, That Thursday, I believe it's the 15th or the 14th, I'm I'm forgetting, but uh, of March, uh, that Thursday we'll be playing the opening kickoff party for the gaming, the South by Southwest gaming uh, fest, and then for the Friday and Saturday of that festival, we'll be in the vendors slash exhibitors hall uh, at what's called the Arcade Bunker. And so it's basically where all the arcade machines are going to be. And we'll actually have a little table there and we'll be busking, basically doing the fan gamer thing. Okay. Uh, so we'll be playing there all day for Friday and Saturday. And we'll, we'll have some, some merch to sell and we'll be taking requests. It's going to be a different experience because there we have to play no more than 15 minutes every hour. <laughs> so we, I guess we'll get to relax a little bit. But No, uh, no more than 15 minutes. That's no, an interesting No more one. than, yeah, exactly. We're kind of being, you know, clamped down. Uh, yeah. We're used to playing eight hours straight yeah. and, you know, having bruised bruised uh, fingers and, and chops. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's going to be a nice kind of quasi-vacation slash work thing. But that's that's the, the nearest... Uh, upcoming show we've got and then in uh, the first weekend of april we'll be in boston for pax east and we'll be playing the main stage concerts there saturday night uh i don't know if they've actually announced i don't know if i can say actually what the exact thing is but they they announced the performers okay and so uh we're we're one of them and uh yeah so we'll be doing that at pax east we won't be at the fan gamer booth because of that um we're actually going to be in Bandland, which is pretty much in the the main entrance hall there. Like when you're entering, uh, you're going towards the exhibitors hall. Um, yeah, right from the so yeah, expo so hall. If you're coming you're, you're right front there. entrance of yeah. the BCEC, right up there. Totally. Yeah, totally. So we'll be right there in the in the Bandland, just hanging out all all weekend for that. And then um, 
Fanime's coming up in May. Uh, we still don't have hard plans for that, but we'll probably be doing something either at Fanime or outside of Fanime. We'll, we, you know, we'll, we'll see if that uh, if that dream comes see to fruition. See if you finally get year. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then um, there's no hard plans, but we do want to be at E3 uh, in June. That's down in LA. And then uh, I don't know if it's been announced yet. Uh, we're planning to be. Um, well, I already put myself on blast with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't really say it now because I said it, I don't know if it's been announced. Um, more stuff in LA, basically. Yeah. And okay. uh, and so. <clears throat> well, they can follow you on social media to. to f- yeah, absolutely. So if. Basically, we've got a lot coming up. Uh, I can't remember most of it right now, but if uh, you want to make sure you don't miss out on anything, you want to always be in the know, just go to uh, our website, supersoulbros.com, and you can join our mailing list. That's a surefire way to to always know what's coming up. Uh, We send out a newsletter every so often just to say what's coming up. And you can also follow us on all social media. We're on pretty much every platform, and it's the same handle on all of them. Uh, at Super Soul Bros. Not brothers, but Super Soul Bros. And we're on YouTube. We're, we're putting out more videos on there. Um, we have a Twitch channel, which has been pretty dormant lately, but we're going to start picking up on that again. Uh, maybe playing more games and doing like some small-scale music jams. Nice. We take we take requests and stuff on Twitch as we play music. And so... That's that's a cool thing I want to try exploring with a smaller band, as we were talking about earlier. Like, with with fewer moving parts, you can kind of explore and and uh, kind of improvise a little more on the fly. And I think that's the the interactive component that I really want to explore more with with Twitch, um, like getting people to request tunes and we kind of like reinvent the song on the fly. Yeah, um, that would that would kind of riff on that a little bit. That would be a cool mm. thing if you had like a good stream. At- at one point and you were like you know mm-hmm. what like that would be a cool little like lp to drop where it's like the totally. twitch sessions or something totally totally we've actually been we have been recording like all of our stuff the the quality is is kind of hit or miss but um yeah absolutely I, that's been my dream is to kind of set up the recording studio where we can like record everything and if we just happen to catch lightning in a bottle then great we, we can release that um you know we could re- release a recording that that was just a a jam that yeah just a spontaneous thing um but yeah outside of that um we are going to be working on uh probably another album within the year and outside of that i'm doing my own stuff uh you can follow me at guabs that's that's like my handle on uh, twitter and youtube and instagram and all that fun stuff um I'm I'm starting to get a little more interested in filmmaking again. That was something I did earlier on, getting back into that. Uh, but yeah, Super Soul Bros. We're 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 kind of shooting for more big profile shows rather than a bunch of smaller local shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're not doing a ton in San Jose actually. Um, but yeah, if you just hop on Twitter or any of those platforms, you can see what we're coming. You know. Where we're, where, where we're headed and what kind of stuff we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are destined for great things. So definitely, you know, as Robbie was saying, check them out on SuperSoulBrothers.com or SuperSoulBros.com, mm-hmm. rather. Um, yes. SuperSoulBros across social media. You can check Guabi mm-hmm. uh, out. You can check Robbie Guabs, out. Guabs, yeah. Guabs. Guabs, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and as always, our uh, 
Passive Control Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. Uh, if you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night, make sure to head on down and check them out. You can follow them on social media at Goodnight Fatty. And you can find us everywhere at PassTheController.io and PassController on social media. Um, but really, Robbie, thanks for taking the time. I know this has been a long time coming. Yeah. Brandon, and, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. really appreciate it. <laughs> this has been great. I mean, I, I hope we can touch base, grab some beers at PAX, and uh, totally, we'll, we'll definitely be at your your uh, main stage debut at PAX. Oh, let's do it. Do more of this in the future. Absolutely, I, I'm sure we can get more more members of the band uh, in here next time, and I'm sure we'll be we'll be gabbing quite a bit at PAX. Nice. Yep, sounds great. I'll, I'll uh, jump on the. Uh on the uh, stream there and see how many other songs from uh, Tiger Woods 97 you can play. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it and I'm, I'm glad that we finally made it happen. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's the build-up has been worth the wait. Awesome. Uh, Good. <laughs> but thank you everyone for listening to episode 77. Thank you.